Defended by Simmons. Is this the Tiger? Hello and welcome back to the Battleborn Blue Jays podcast. I'm your host as always, Joshua Insamo, joined by my co-host, Nicholas Valachi. Nick, it's a pleasure to have you back. The baseball season is in full swing. Our Toronto Blue Jays have already played seven games in the regular season. How are you feeling and what are your thoughts on the first seven games so far? Well, man, uh, it's good to be back, you know, uh, like some of our... Uh... Our favorite Blue Jays, I ended up on the aisle for a little bit with a little sickness, but, uh, you know, we're back here. We're back and ready. Uh, no, the last seven games, you know what? I've been impressed over uh, overall. You know, there, of course, uh, a split isn't ideal, but I think they showed well. Um, I think there's a lot to cover, a lot to look forward to. I mean, some tough injuries to start off with, but, I mean, general feeling is that uh, the outlook on the season, I'm much more comfortable than I was last year. I mean, how can you not after seeing Alec Manoa dominate the Yankees oh, in game one of that series? So the series, like you said, it's a split. So you're okay with it, but ideally you're right. We would like to win this one. I think this is a series the Jays could have won. Obviously the bats went silent at certain times. Sometimes the bats woke up against times that we wouldn't expect them to wake up, which is, I guess, uh, normal considering how early we are in the 162 game regular season. But with that, Let's look at just the series overall. Uh, the first game, the Jays won 3 nothing. Um, the second game, the Jays lost 4 nothing. And the third game, which was the Garakol versus Barrios game, the Jays won 6-4. That was the Vladdy game, confirmed the Vladdy game. And uh, then in the final set yesterday, they lost 3 nothing to Severino on the mound. But let's go back to game one here. Manoa fires six shutout innings as the Jays shut out the Yankees. He was a beast, only giving up one hit, seven Ks, four walks. Uh, the Jays beat up on Jameson Tyone, five innings, five hits, two earned, six Ks. Tyone's a guy, uh, you know, really picked it up in the second half for the Yankees. I think he's going to have a solid season for them. We all know he was drafted second overall of the Pittsburgh Pirates, highly touted prospect for a long time. But Jordan Romano finished with the save. Uh, tell me, what was your thoughts going through this one as Alec Manoa showed everything we hoped he would show us in this first start of the season. Look, you kind of hit on it to start off with, but look, there's a reason this guy threw, what, under 20 innings before making his debut. Like, he's just ready for the moment, straight up. Made his debut in the Bronx last year, right? And he showed out then, and he's done it again, you know, first start of his season. He's not afraid of anybody in that lineup. His stuff was phenomenal. You know, we're seeing that fastball velo tick up and up. Uh, hopefully that's a trend that continues because I think if he gets up there in Velo, I don't think there's really any flaw in his arsenal. Um, but yeah, overall, I mean, that game was, you can't talk about that game without talking about knowing what he's done. I think looking forward, I think he may be your big game pitcher. I mean, obviously it's too early to tell, but I think at the end of the day, like if you look at his, uh, his resume in these kind of spots, they've been great so far. And of course it's a young career and you don't really know what's going to happen, but he was excellent and he was fun to watch that day. Uh, on the other side, offensively, uh, I mean, you know, uh, Taylor's not bad, like you said. I think he's a decent pitcher. Um, I think, you know, he'll have he'll have days where he looks better than others. Uh, I think he was actually on on his game, I would say, uh, in that game. But the Jays' offense, you know, just too much at times. 
but overall, no, it was a very good game. You know, it was outstanding, and I think that'll continue moving forward. All right, let's go to the second game of the series now. This one was Yusei Kikuchi's debut in a Blue Jays uniform going against the Yankees. And although he only went 3.1 innings, gave up five hits, three runs, two earned runs, two Ks, and two walks, uh, there's a lot of Blue Jays fans that are panicking. They are not happy about this performance. But do you think that there's some unnecessary criticism? Because I he played as bad as a lot of people are ripping him out to be over social media. Look, I think you have to, you know, apply context to the situation. You're asking a guy like Kikuchi to come in and pitch to a right-handed heavy lineup in the Bronx. At the end of the day, that's not a favorable matchup any day of the week. Uh, I think, you know, he's a guy last year who struggled on us, a really, you know, severely struggled in the second half. Uh, but he's somebody that has the stuff to be a very capable pitcher. Again, he's our number five. We have to tailor our expectations to that, okay? We're not expecting him to be an ace. We didn't pay him like an ace, all right? But I think that, you know, I think we'll see some improvement over that first start. Again, we're just getting into things. Uh, but overall, I, I, you know, I'm not too worried. Of course, it's not an ideal team to, uh, you know, to lose to. Uh, it's not an ideal start for him. But, you know, I'm confident enough to think that uh, he'll figure it out at some point during the season. Uh, and overall, it just wasn't a great matchup for him. You know, a lot of power guys on that team. Um, a lot of right-handed heavy lineup. I mean, I, you know, it's hard when, you, like, you know, that's why I was so surprised that, uh, Nestor Cortez pitched so well against the Jays because, you know, uh, a lefty going up against such a right-handed heavy lineup that can really swing the bats, you know, typically you're going to run into some trouble. Uh, clearly, he handled it a lot better than uh, Yusei did. But, I mean, regardless, uh, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to come out here and slam the panic button after one start. I think you got to give him more time. Yeah, I agree for sure. And that's one thing that I'm a little frustrated with. I think he gets a lot of unnecessary criticism because of the expectation he's been given like this guy like you said he's a fifth starter fifth starters expectations need to be tailored to a very certain degree and to expect him to come here and give like a Cy Young as that's what we had last year with our rotation I think is bonkers a lot of contenders in this league have fifth starters that are shaky and remember a lot of people forget that usually when the playoffs come around the fifth starters are usually non-existent. So Bingo. good point. That's, that's what I was going to mention. If you didn't, if you didn't, honestly, yeah, exactly. That's, so that's a big thing when, when it comes down to crunch time, those fifth guys honestly aren't even in the picture, right? So if mm -hmm. he's even pitching to that level where you consider him to be a playoff starter, then you're already exceeding what should have been expected of him. Exactly. So that's what I mean. Like, I just thought the criticism was unnecessary. It was only Aaron Hicks Homer that really hurt his night. Obviously LeMahieu scored on that one as well. Aaron Hicks had a very good game in this one. We know what he did on the defensive side of things as well. He also walked at the bottom of the fourth to give them another run. But that is – sorry, did you want to say anything? Yeah, I was going to say, if I'm not mistaken, uh, was that Aaron Hicks' home run not the one that was only going to be out in that park alone? I think it was I think it was that game where he hit the Yeah, home. yeah, you're yeah, right. It was out in only Yankee <laughs> Stadium. So, once yeah. again, if you take away the circumstance that is Yankee Stadium, mm -hmm. you know – Maybe he doesn't give up that home run. Well, he definitely doesn't give up that home run. And, you know, he has a much better exactly. average. Sorry, sorry to interrupt. I just want to throw that in there. because I No, no, I love, I love how yeah. you did that. Because I was about to skip right over to the Barrios versus Garrett Cole game, which out of the two pitchers throwing, it was actually one of the hitters that made this game memorable. And that is future MVP winner Vladimir Guerrero Jr. of our Toronto Blue Jays, who slugged three bombs in this one, two off Garrett Cole, 
which, you know, as I have him in fantasy, you had him last year. I'm sure you know this feeling. That was awesome, but even better when he's giving you, uh, getting you fantasy points. Vladimir Guerrero Jr., absolute monster night. I believe that's now four home runs for him on the season. Tell me, what is your biggest takeaway from this high-scoring game, which me and you both did not expect from a Barrios versus Garrett Cole matchup? Well, first of all, I just want to say that I did have him last year. I have him again in one of my leagues, and I should have had him in my other league, but unfortunately, after about three rounds, ESPN went down, and we had to restart, so I didn't end up grabbing him when I should have. So, you know, you can thank ESPN for that one. But, no, I think, look, this just legitimizes everything that we've thought about him from last year. You know, I've always been a believer in this guy. I said that last year was no fluke. People may have thought otherwise. You know, you do hear chatter about, oh, can he repeat it? Can he repeat it? Can he repeat it? Well, I think it's clear now that, you know, this guy's here to stay. Of course, he had the bad game yesterday. Three strikeouts, that stuff happens. What we saw that day was special against a guy like Cole, who obviously, you know, not off to the hottest start. But, you know, nevertheless, he's, you know, year in and year out of sight on contender. Uh, and, you know, for that game, Vladdy just absolutely owned him in any way possible, you know, and I think that's no exaggeration. Uh, I think you're looking at a guy who, you know, he's going to be that, you know, three hitter who's going to hopefully carry us when we do have droughts where Teoscar's injured or where we don't have, you know, well, what we saw of Danny Jansen, because, you know, he, we're not going to see him for a while, but what we saw was, you know, uh, very exciting. But when we don't have guys like that and guys go down, you know, Vlad's going to have to carry some weight and he's shown that he's more than capable of it. You know, you'd like to get some supporting piece to step up a little bit, but that game was solely won on the back of Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And you're going to see, you know, more than just that happen once uh, throughout the rest of the year. Yeah, you know, I just love media now giving him his attention. That's rightly deserved. We saw all the newspapers out in New York. The headlines are all about Vladi, and it's cool because, you know, usually American – media and that kind of stuff they don't like to give credit to canadian teams and canadian superstars um but you know what vladdy's doing has the world on notice and to see those newspapers basically supporting vladimir guerrero despite them being in the hometown yankees uh you know area that's impressive uh, were you shocked by that because i was certainly taken away uh, yeah, I would say that's surprising. I mean, there's definitely a history of Toronto teams getting overlooked, uh, not even just in baseball, you know. Uh, the best recent example would be the Toronto Raptors when they had their championship run and basically had to win the championship to get noticed. But uh, no, I think, you know what, that's a surprising move, but it's deserved. You know, I, I can't, you know we can't sit here and pretend like Vladimir Guerrero Jr. doesn't deserve all this attention. Uh, I think he's one of the young stars of the game and will be one of the, you know, greats when it's all said and done, or at least that's the trajectory he seems to be on. So it would be nothing short of disrespectful for him to not get this, you know, this uh, level of um, uh, attention and just sort of praise in the media, I would say. You know, this is, this is totally due, totally deserved. And, you know, I think there'll be more moving forward. All right. Now, before we get to the final game of the series in which the Yankees won 3 nothing, I just want to ask you, are you a little nervous with Jose Barrios through his first two starts? Obviously, he felt a lot better in this game against the Yankees, but did give up a couple homers. Tell me, uh, is this still your, you know, most confident pitcher? I still believe so, but there's a lot of people out there that are uh, screaming for Barrios to, you know, find his game now because a lot of people are getting nervous. Uh, look, anyone who's panicking hasn't watched Jose Barrios over the last couple of years. 
Uh, one thing we can say about him is he is consistent. And there's a reason that baseball is not, you know, a 60-game season. It is a 162-game marathon, all right? He's going to have plenty more starts, okay? So, you know, of course, he's not off to the greatest start. Although last start was better than the first, you know, not to say that it says much. But, you know, he's going to have plenty more starts. And I promise you that when it comes down to, you know, July, August, September, you're going to want Berrios on the mound. I promise you that, all right? Because he's going to look a lot better. And he's going to be the go-to guy that you're going to need come down the uh, coming down the stretch there. So I'm not worried. Uh, I don't think anyone else has a reason to. Uh, not the best start, but at the same time, you know, uh, it is early, so we got to give him a, a chance to, you know, get into form. Yeah, I agree. I think the panic is unnecessary. Barrios is our guy. He's going to be the leader and the front runner of the staff. I have full faith in him. He got that long-term extension. I think the opening night. Uh, the nerves certainly got to him. He admitted that he was nervous. And then in this one, I think he was just playing the Yankees. And yes, although you want to see him dominate against teams that you have a chance of probably playing against in the postseason, but still, this is a very good offensive baseball team over here in New York. So I think he's on the right trajectory. Definitely a better bounce back performance. So I'll gladly accept that. And I think he's starting to find his groove a little. At the end of the year, this is the guy you're going to want on the bump when these high leverage moments are presented. Uh, but with that, let's go to the final game. Like I said, the Yankees win three, nothing. This game was weird. Kevin Gosman starts. He went five innings into uh, gave up six hits, two earned runs for nine K's. Uh, Luis Severino got the win uh, five innings, pitch two hits, zero earned six K's, two walks uh, Severino kind of turning back the clock in this one. He was actually really good. Tell me, what were your takeaways from this one? Because uh, this game was frustrating as a Blue Jays fan, was it not? Uh, yeah, yeah. Frustrating is definitely one way to put it. Uh, no, there's no way around it. Severino looked great. Um, you know, when he when he came up, uh, I was a huge fan of his. I thought he was going to be some star. But you know, injuries, inconsistency, all the same. You know, um, definitely put a hammer on that. Uh, I'll say, uh, Gosman didn't look too bad. I, I you know, I, I gotta say, you know, he did give up those runs, but honestly, uh. Watching pitch by pitch, he wasn't terrible. I think it was just uh, unfortunate he gave up a few. I think Lourdes had that one misplayed ball that costed us a run for sure. Uh, but other than that, I think it was a decent outing from Gosman. At the end of the day, you got to score runs, right? Not going to win a lot of games putting up zero runs. So, uh, you know, I think part of it has to do with the fact that top of the order really didn't do much. Uh, you know, you saw Vlad go, uh, what was it, over four, I believe. Uh, Springer, you know, had that big opportunity, couldn't do anything there. You kind of need guys to come through when you get those chances. You know, you have Chapman walk the bases loaded. Uh, you know, you are down three, but you got to score one in that situation to show, you know, some fight. You know, because one run, can't score three without scoring one. Um, but other than that, I think it was just an off game offensively. Uh, Severino was on. Uh, Gosman was decent. Uh, but overall, I'll say, you know, not even for this game, but for this series, I saw a lot of positives, way more positives than I saw negatives. Uh, obviously, losing to Oscar sucks. But I think we have more than enough firepower to hold off the, uh, you know, to hold it off or hold it down at least until he returns. Yeah, and credit to King for coming in and basically saving the Yankees well, that, from that. That was one. an unreal performance by him. Unreal. Yeah, that was being put into a terrible position and he made it out perfectly. So definitely some credit there. But with that, let's go over now to our series preview as the four and three Blue Jays take on the four and three Oakland Athletics. And Oakland certainly was getting a lot of attention this offseason. They went on a pure fire sale. Obviously, their manager, Bob Melvin, is now in San Diego, a complete new team that's expected to be, I guess, 
the worst in baseball, uh, you know, not to be mean or anything, but that's what the team looks like after absolutely trading everybody guys like Matt Olson now in Atlanta. So they really destroyed this roster, but somehow they're four and three. And a lot of this is because of the offense guys like Sean Murphy's bats have came alive. Uh, tell me what is your quick little look ahead here at this Oakland team that's coming into Toronto. First of all, I'm just going to go ahead and say that I'm not a huge fan of Oakland these days. Uh, let's just say I've been putting a lot of money uh, on the Rays for the past series. Uh, and time and time again, they've let me down. So that was shocking. But no, I mean, look, the thing is, Oakland, they're off to a good start, but this isn't going to be sustainable. This team isn't very good top to bottom. Very few uh, exciting pieces. You know, we have, uh, they have our guy Kevin Smith up. He's you know, hasn't been off to a great start. And hopefully he can turn it around because we obviously want to see you know, former Jays be successful, but uh, you know, this series should be nothing short of a sweep. I think, you know, anything less is unacceptable. I do understand they took two from the Rays, but you know, with what kind of standard we hold our team to, there's no excuse for us to lose one here. We do have Stripling starting uh, hundred. I believe would probably make a start here uh, along with Manoa. Uh, so, you know, we're, uh, we're looking pretty good in terms of arms, you know, obviously today with Ross, we don't know what we're going to get, but it should be all right uh, on their end. I mean, you know, they don't really have, they don't have Montes throwing, so it's not going to be some high-level arm. But a couple of the guys they do have tossing won't be too bad. Uh, but overall, I think you're looking at what should be uh, a sweep, uh, if not, you know, a series win. Uh, anything less would be disappointing. And I think you really need that because we're, you know, as you look at the AL East right now, you know, three teams tied uh, atop 4-3. I think the Red Sox are 3-3, three and three, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, really closely knit at this point um, in the season. So, you know, any game you can get, you'll take. Uh, especially with the race dropping, uh, you know, two to the A's, uh, winning a couple here would be great. Yeah, obviously, like you said, Oakland, nobody's much of a fan if you're not a fan of the team because they do not have many players that are must-watches. Um, but I guess Christian Pache is a fair mention. Would you agree or no? Uh, defensively, he is one of my favorite players to watch. Uh, you know, offensively, the bat still hasn't come around. That was kind of the problem in Atlanta. We don't really know if the bat's ever going to be anything. You know, he might just always be a nine-stick uh, defensive specialist. But I will say that defensively, he, he'll he have a highlight player, too, that'll end up on the uh, top 100. Probably the big player out in Oakland these days in terms of potential. But, you know, I think an honorable mention right now is Seth Brown. And I think what he's done this season to start off has been absolutely incredible. He is 29 years old. Obviously, this was a guy that got his playing time really cut down, but now he's getting the opportunity to play on an everyday basis with the open availability on this Oakland team. He has two home runs and 21 at bats. He has a 238 average. So obviously his on base percentage is up there, but this is a guy that, you know, had a, has had a hot bat to start, but I just don't think this is going to carry out throughout the season. Like you said, this team's performing pretty well right now. It's definitely not sustainable. They have terrible depth, one through nine, especially lacking power. But, you know, Sean Murphy, that's a guy that I expect to see on a lot of trade deadline, uh, you know, kind of shows and stuff like that. What he's doing at the catcher position for Oakland might be intriguing to some certain teams, maybe a team like the Yankees who would like, a, you know, replacement with Higashioka. Um, also, but... This Oakland team, I don't think we got to do too much of a deep dive because, you know, I'm really searching at the bottom of the barrel to bring up some names uh, that we should watch out for offensively, don't you think? 
Yeah, no, there, there really isn't much. Uh, you know, Elvis Andrews, I think, is still kicking Tony Kemp, those guys. But really, there, there's not much to say. Uh, to your point Sean, uh, about Sean Murphy, I do think there's a chance he gets moved. I think, you know, this honestly not this is not Blue Jay related, but, you know, getting Shea Langleyers back in that trade for Matt Olson uh, suddenly, you know, opens up some flexibility where that's concerned. So, you know, I wouldn't be uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we do see him get moved. And, I mean, honestly, if he went to a team like the Yankees, that would – that would put some fear in me. I can't lie because the catch position is clearly a weak spot for them. I know Trevino had the good game uh, yesterday, but regardless, that's not sustainable on his end. So adding someone like Sean Murphy to a Yankees lineup would be uh, surreal, I think, honestly, for them. Yes, exactly. So with that, let's go to the pitching matchup for tonight. Ross Stripling getting the ball for the Blue Jays, going against Dalton Jeffries of Oakland. Jeffries is a guy coming off a pretty good start against Philadelphia. Obviously, he didn't have his strikeout stuff with him on this day, but he did go five innings for two hits, zero earned, two Ks, two walks, and against a Philadelphia Phillies lineup that you know definitely has some big names. They just added Castellanos as well. Uh, they have the reigning NL MVP in Bryce Harper. Uh, Jeffries really came alive in this game, and he's only 26 years old. He's really getting his chance to solidify his spot in Oakland's rotation now this year with how much of a roster uh, makeover they've gone. Uh, Dalton Jeffries, what's your kind of look ahead at tonight's game as he takes on Rosh? Uh, okay, well, I think looking at Jeffries, I think what you're going to get is that, I, look, I, I'm going to be honest. If he gets lit up, I won't be surprised. You know, but at the same time, if he comes out and has a good performance and that's something he can, you know, take moving forward, that would do a lot for his stock in my eyes. You know, if he gets lit up, I can't blame him. There's a lot of pitchers that will get lit up by this kind of lineup. Uh, you know, he's, you know, I wouldn't say he's the most experienced guy. So, you know, it could be a little, uh, it could be a little uh, daunting to take on a team like the Blue Jays. I mean, he did handle the Phillies uh, after all. So, you know, I can't say that he hasn't shown us anything. But I think in terms of tonight, uh, I would expect the Jays to, uh, you know, put up some runs. Uh, I think that, you know, he may last, you know, he may last a couple innings. But I think that overall, I think it'll be, you know, uh, a little bit more down to earth compared to that start against the Phillies. Um, but overall, I think, I think we'll have to check in on him, uh, you know, later on in the season to see what we, what they really have with him, but I won't be expecting too much for tonight. Yeah. Now, before we get to game two of the series, uh, you know, like I mentioned, Stripling's getting the ball tonight. Obviously I think they're doing this because like you said, this is the layover set here before we get Boston coming on Tuesday. Um, you know, Stripling, it's a guy, he's kind of that Swiss army knife between the bullpen and the rotation. I like how he could come in on days like this to give our starters a rest. Uh, like, you know, giving Ryu that extra day is something he's made very clear that he enjoys. So that also is a positive. So I'm looking at Stripling tonight. Tell me, what do you think he does? And are you confident in him? He has an ERA at nine right now. Obviously it's the start of the year. So analytics really aren't much of a topic because it all it takes is one inning to have some daunting numbers. Um, but Stripling, what do you think he does tonight? I could see him having a pretty okay night. And Stripling down the year, down the line last year actually was pretty good in his start. So, Tommy, are you confident in him tonight? Yeah, I'm confident in him. I, and we have no reason not to be. Again, you're facing a, an athletic lineup that, although they have played uh, fairly well recently, they're not, you know, the scariest bunch of guys. So I think he'll be all right. I think he should hold up. Again, they're not going to ask him to go six, seven innings. They probably expect him to go around five. Uh, and if that's the case, you know, five run, or five innings, couple runs, you know, one or two, I think that's exceptional for what we, uh, you know, what our standards are for him. 
But he has nothing to worry about, in my opinion. I think he'll do fine. Uh, and this should be a Blue Jays win. All right. In game two, Paul Blackburn will be getting the start going against Hunjin Ryu. Blackburn, in his start, his first start of the season against the Tampa Bay Rays, went five innings, giving him three hits, zero earned runs, but really did have his stuff working in this game, getting seven Ks and one walk. He has a zero ERA right now. He's 1-0 on the season. Obviously, Blackburn, you know, it's not a guy that will blow you away. He's 28 years old. We know what he brings uh, when he has the ball in his hand, but he, he's coming off a good start. So same kind of like Jeffries. Um, he did whiff seven in his debut, like I said. So he has his stuff working. I think if the Jays want a chance in this game, you have to get him early. What do you think? Because when a pitcher's in his groove like this, he might be feeling good coming into this game. And if you let him start off pretty good, you're going to have some trouble finding uh, your area to exploit him. Yeah, no, I think, you know, coming off a start where, again, he pitched five innings, no runs, seven strikeouts. You know, that's, that's pretty outing for your first start. Uh, but, you know, looking at Blackburn, he does have a five-and-a-half career ERA. You know, nothing exact doesn't exactly light up. Um, you know, the numbers here, 84 strikeouts and 143 innings is actually really underwhelming. Uh, so, you know, I think uh, if you get to him, yeah, getting, getting to him early would definitely help, you know, especially if he comes in uh, with some sort of rhythm carryover from the last game. But uh, overall, you know, I think it'd be easier to say that last game was more of an anomaly. But, you know, you never know with pitchers. Sometimes they get hot at certain times and they look unhittable. So we'll just have to wait and see. But uh, overall, I think the Jays shouldn't have too much of a problem dealing with him. All right. And we already touched on Hengen Ryu a little bit. He's getting this extra rest day. In his first start on the season, he went 3.1 innings pitched. Um, you know, it was a tough day uh, when he pitched against Texas. But tell me. What do you think about Hunjin Ryu, not only in this game, but over the course of the season? Because I think he's going to have a bounce back season. I don't think we see him anywhere close to what, uh, you know, he was paid for at the start of the time of his contract. You know, rightly so, age is a factor. But still, I think he's going to have an okay season, especially with this Toronto Blue Jays offense. Are you comfortable with Hunjin Ryu now getting the ball in tomorrow day, uh, tomorrow's game against the same Oakland Athletics? Yeah, he's a veteran. You have to be comfortable with him getting the ball. I think even looking at his first start, uh, the guy looked pretty good in the first couple innings. Like, I mean, I was watching him. His stuff was on. Location was good. You know, he just had that one inning where, you know, he couldn't get anybody out, and then he got hit, so they took him out. Uh, and it kind of all just, you know, dominoed from there. But the stuff at the beginning, like, his stuff looked great, um, at least for the first few innings. And if that's the Hunjin that we can see more often than not, then, you know, that's not a bad starter at all in my eyes. You know, uh, facing a team like Oakland, you know, should be good for his confidence, should be good for his stuff. Uh, I mean, the only thing is, if he does get shelled, I then, you know, then some alarms will start to go off more so than, like, if we're, if Manoa were to get shelled or if Shippen were to get shelled. Because I think Han Jin, like, really needs this start to, you know, pick it up and really put the pieces together. Uh, but overall, you know, I think it's too early to be a panicking and all that. I think he looked uh, fairly decent in his first start, aside from that one inning of work. Uh, so we'll just have to wait and see. But I think that, you know, Overall, I, I'm, I'm fairly comfortable with him being in our rotation moving forward. All right. Now let's go to the last game of this three-game set between the Jays and Oakland. And obviously, you want to have respect for your opponent, and you don't want to jinx the team. But this kind of looks like, I guess, to say nicely, a really favorable matchup for the Blue Jays, as Alec Manoa will be going against Adam Aller. Uh, Aller, you know, only went an inning and one out in his – First appearance this season, getting absolutely blown up. Manoa's coming off a fresh sixth inning uh, beast performance against the Yankees. 
Tell me, what is your expectations for these two guys going head to head? And let's try and keep this respectable for our opponent because I know this does look like, to be honest, they're giving the Jays a free game here. Yeah, I mean, there's only so many ways I can say it. Um, I guess one way I'll say it is that the uh, you know the run line of one and a half is probably looking pretty, uh, maybe even more than that, it's looking pretty attractive for the betters out there. Um, but yeah, no, like I think at the end of the day, these are the kind of matchups where it's like you have to take advantage of them and nobody's going to bat an eye if you win. But if you lose, it's, lose, it's like all hell breaks loose. You know what I'm saying? I think it's kind of one of those. Uh, this should be a case where you just take care of business. Uh, and if you were to lose, that would, you know, that would raise some questions, I think. But I, I don't see that happening. Manoa was great last time out. Aller was not. Uh, one lineup is much better than the other. So I think this one goes the Jays' way as well. I personally am predicting a sweep of the series. Um, what about you? What are you thinking? I mean, I hope it's a sweep, but I do feel like sometimes when you project sweeps against teams like this, you're often left disappointed. So I'm going to say Jays win two of these three here, although I fully have confidence in them winning the full three. I just think, you know, this is how Toronto sports teams usually work, right? It's just something, just something yeah, just no, I happened. Hear I hear you. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, but, you know, that is kind of the end of our recap of the Yankee series and preview of Oakland. But before we go, I just want to touch on two things. And that is the two players that will be heading to the IL. And obviously you touched about Danny Jansen earlier on in this episode. Uh, manager Charlie Montoya confirmed he will be out several weeks, which is disappointing because he had a hot start to the season, especially with his bat. A lot of criticism has gone his way about his offensive production this year. I expected him to kind of, I guess have a better year. I think he's going to be more important though, in terms of helping Ryu, we know Ryu likes pitching to Danny Jansen more. Uh, so he will be out for several weeks. And uh, then outfielder Teoscar Hernandez placed on the 10 day IL as well. He is expected to miss some time, obviously not an enormous amount of time, but probably the next 20 to 25 days. Uh, Nick, before we go and wrap up this episode, what is your thoughts on these two injuries? Cause uh, the Jays lineup is going to need to, uh, find a way to replicate this offense to be successful because we got some pretty tough matchups coming here to Toronto and on the road once uh, this Oakland series is wrapped up. Yeah, I mean, look, you can't be you can't be anything other than disappointed that you're seeing these long-term injuries this early in the season, uh, especially losing to Oscar, who just won his you know second Silver Slugger award. That that's going to hurt the lineup. There's no way around it. Uh, but I will say that in a way I'm more concerned with the Dan or I'm more disappointed by the Danny Jansen injury than I am the Teoscar injury, because I know like, you know, in my mind that once the days are up and Teoscar jumps back into the lineup that we're going to, you know, it may take a week or so, but we're going to get that silver slugger, you know, level player, all-star caliber hitter, right. That's going to help, you know, solidify this offense. On the other hand, Danny Jansen looked amazing in his first couple games. Like he looked phenomenal. He looked like the prospect that we called up a couple years ago, who was bat first, glove second kind of catcher. You know, the same catcher who homered in the uh, futures games. Like he looked phenomenal. He was he wasn't miss, missing pitches, uh, and he was all over the ones that were you know that were in the zone. So I think that bothers me more because I don't know if he when he gets back he'll be able to pick up that. Uh, the, you know, from that same spot that he left. You know, I have no no doubt that Teoscar will be capable of doing so. But, you know, thinking that Danny Jansen – and obviously Danny is not going to hit 500 and, you know, th 30 tanks. But, you know, a, a league average hitter at the catcher position with a bit of pop is, you know, exceptional in this day and age of the game where most guys are just defensive specialists. So, you know, 
the potential that we what we could have seen from Danny had he you know he kept that hot streak going and maybe figured a thing or two out you know that would have been you know who knows how important that would have been down the stretch but uh, unfortunately we're just gonna have to wait and see just uh, how he bounces back but you know the Teoscar thing it's gonna hurt for the next month but I'm not too concerned with it moving forward hopefully he you know he comes back healthy and this isn't a lingering problem I think we should have enough offense uh, but we're gonna this is where Tapia is gonna get tested and we're gonna see if that move really pays off or not because uh, he's gonna get a, a boatload more playing time. And, you know, before uh, what you mentioned beforehand, uh, before we started filming, was that Palacios did get uh, picked up off waivers. So that kind of begs the question of who, which outfielder is next to get called up. Uh, and I think those are some questions that we're going to have to see answered in the next couple of uh, days. Yes, I agree. It is an exciting time to be a Blue Jays fan. I cannot wait for tonight. Go Jays, go. Thank you guys all for listening to the Battleborn Blue. We'll be back with you guys on Monday when the Jays have an off day before taking on the Boston Red Sox. That's all from us. Good night and enjoy the game. Strip